Well, good morning, Cam. Aloha. How are you? I'm doing well. Hey, so um, one quick note for listeners. Uh, the Our feed URL is uh, redirecting. So um, they may not get this episode for a couple of weeks yet, depending. But uh, <laughs> it's it's supposed to take, they said at the, at the outside, about four weeks to redirect the uh, feed URL. Why? I have no idea, but that's... Like, are they manually carrying the podcast across the country? It could be. <laughs> hand-delivered podcasts bespoke yeah. hand-delivered podcasts yes, that's that's what you get with us takes a little longer yeah. but the quality is the same so yeah you can you can door dash our podcast <laughs> <laughs> so the last episode still hasn't shown up in my podcast pl- client i don't i don't know if you've seen it but i haven't seen it yet and uh i'm a four uh, weeks Come and i'm on. assuming that it's probably going to be another week or two before it's going to actually repopulate so all right well all to save a few waiting. bucks so i feel like i should apologize here You're i'm sorry good. people i'm trying to save some money <laughs> <clears throat> um, but i will say that it's going to change a little bit of the way that i do the show notes and stuff like that and i think for the better um, because, uh, Fireside made it really easy to do the show notes, but it also made it really easy to do the show notes. So, um, so there, I didn't put a lot of work into them where I think I can put a little bit more work into them, seeing as though I can use, uh, more, um, features and stuff that are on the website and I can actually include images right in the, uh, right in the feed instead of having to add the images uh, Fireside didn't host images. So yeah. we had to upload the images to another host or set up a page on our <laughs> own websites to redirect to or to, to put links to. And so it made it more cumbersome to put images into the, uh, into the feed. But now I can throw them right in there and we're good to go. So cool, cool. All right. Lots of cat pictures coming your way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and uh, get the show kicked off. We got some fun topics today that I think we're going to talk about, but uh, let's get off to the first one. Twitter, man. You still there? I haven't been on Twitter in five ever. I I made my last post on Twitter about a week ago. Was it witty or just bye-bye? It It basically was, you guys suck. Elon has ruined Twitter. Um, I'm out. So, and I, and I, uh, mentioned Twitter or Elon in there. So like he cares what I think, but yeah, uh, <laughs> if, if the infrastructure is working properly, he'll see my mention. Maybe. So why, why did, why did, why last week? What was the, what was the final all right, so let's talk about the history of all of this and how the the uh, we could call it the uh, rapid descent of Twitter. Um, so Elon makes a comment on Twitter uh, that he's going to buy Twitter for a dollar a month. I think it was forty four billion dollars or something like that. Uh, he then decides he doesn't want to buy Twitter and mentions, "Oh, I didn't realize this, so I'm not going to buy it now." Mm-hmm. The FTC stepped in and said, wait a minute, we have people trading on this information. You have to buy Twitter now. So he buys Twitter. That is that is how the, the purchase happened. He then went through and fired a whole bunch of people. He, uh, he, 
he added a bunch of accounts back in that were banned before that were terrible accounts. I won't get into the politics of it, but uh, let's just say there's a lot more Nazis on Twitter now that, that were very, uh, were banned at one point. And I'm, I'm meaning that literally, not uh, not just oh, there's a bunch of bad people. Um, they were literally Nazis or self-professed Nazis. Then he started banning journalists that didn't like him. And that was get, that was pushing me over the edge because he's all about, oh, free speech, free speech. Oh, you don't like me? I'm going to ban you from Twitter so that you can't, uh, that you can't post here anymore. So um, at this point, I'm looking at um, Space Karen as being ma- a man-child uh, because it's like you, you can't take any can't take any criticism sorry so. did you just call him space karen <laughs> you haven't heard that <laughs> no oh so it that, took that's me a, a couple seconds and i was like wait yep, a minute i that's, think that's <laughs> that's an official nickname for elon musk right now is space karen that's hysterical oh my gosh um so see Mitch, this is when you when you just ignore the news. Yep. You get you get moments of joy like that. Where I'm, just like, I'm glad Ooh. that I delighted you today. <laughs> All right. Sorry, carry on. Yep. So so he uh he was showing his real man childness. And then about a week and a half ago, all of a sudden all the a bunch of the big third party Twitter apps, they weren't all the Twitter apps, but a bunch of the third party Twitter apps just stopped working overnight. It would have been for us, it would have been th- like Thursday, late Thursday night. I want to think about 11 o'clock. There's a lot of people saying that it was a Friday the 13th thing because a lot of people were already into Friday when this happened, but it literally happened overnight that all of a sudden, Tweetbot, Twitterific. Um, a bunch of the big clients, you couldn't use them anymore. They were just coming up that, uh, that they couldn't authorize your account. And so the developers were on, were on Twitter saying, Hey, you know, we don't know what's going on here. You know, we apologize. We're working on trying to fix it. We're trying, we're going to try working on trying to get a comment from Twitter. And, uh, and I'm a big user of Tweetbot. I don't know if you used any third party clients for Twitter. I used Tweetbot way back in the day. Yeah. But I love Tweetbot. It's it was it was an amazing piece of software, and it was good. So, uh, but uh, I wasn't as big on Twitterific, but I know there was a huge fan base for Twitterific as well. And the Icon Factory came out with a uh, with a statement very similar to what uh, what Tapbots came out with about their third party Twitter apps. It's like we don't know what's going on. This isn't us. So, um, it wasn't until days later that. Twitter finally tweeted uh, that, oh, well, we're we're uh, we're just upholding some longstanding um, developer uh, agreement that that hasn't been held up, that hasn't been uh, enforced. So we're just enforcing something that has been a longstanding rule. Uh, the problem was is there was no such rule. The next day, they changed the the language on the website, on on the developer agreement, to reflect third party uh, clients. Now, how we know this is that there's a bunch of uh, journalists that went in and went to the Wayback Machine on uh, archive.org, and mm. actually could you could see one day it was there, one day the day before that it was not, and it was literally the day that they made this tweet that this was a long standing rule. Um, that it wasn't there, 
And then the next day, suddenly it was there. It was like, oh, we made this claim, so we better change the agreement and hope nobody notices. And um, and there's still been no real, like, really all they've really said is we we have a developer agreement and they were violating the developer agreement, so they ban- we banned their apps. Um, and now it's just like there are really no third party Twitter apps available on the site. You have to use either the um awful uh official Twitter app or use the web for it. And quite honestly, I'm not gonna do either. And because of all the BS that's happened over the last, you know, month or two, uh I'm I'm out. I'm and and it wasn't that useful to begin with for me anyway. Um I just like to you know dip my toe in every once in a while and read some read like some of the news that's going on and stuff like that and i as we talked about i don't know if it was on the last episode or the episode before i think it was the episode before that that i'm back using uh rss reader which by the way i paid for feedbin because i am all in on feedbin uh if you guys need a good back end for your uh your rss um reading uh feedbin is awesome and i really like it and I use, uh, I'm still using Reader as my uh, my reading app of choice. Um, but Feedbin is amazing. I've been able to add uh, YouTube uh, YouTube uh, creators that that I really like. Um, any of the Twitter people that I really would miss following, I've added them into Feedbin. So now I see their tweets without having to go to any Twitter stuff. Uh, all my RSS feeds, I, it's, it's incredible. I, I can't say enough about how awesome Feedbin is. And I highly recommend that if you're looking for an RSS reader or an RSS, at least the, it, they do have a reader, but if you're, at least you're looking for an aggregator, I guess is the word, uh, they are the ones that I would use hundred percent. But <clears throat> I, I'm trying to decide, I've got two different topics that I could flip flop with my, with what's delighting me today. And I think I'm going to flip flop these right now because um, because Ivory was released this last week for mm-hmm. Mastodon, and mm-hmm. it has made Mastodon so much more like the the old school Twitter, like back in the day when it was a, a bunch of us geeks on on the uh, on Twitter and early adopters and people that actually like cared about Twitter instead of just being a bunch of celebrities and news feeds and um and just garbage and bot accounts and all that stuff um it it is good and pure and awesome so uh i will i will put a huge i'm really enjoying mastodon and ivory has made it 100 percent more useful than it was for me um so i'm i'm all in on ivory and it's been it's been just a joy it's great to open up ivory and see i have 13 new toots they call them which is hilarious which is terrible <laughs> officially they're calling them posts now but they used to call them toots so how is that ever a good idea <laughs> well you know it's the the mm-hmm. elephant tooting cuz it's a mastodon it's the elephant right. tooting that's that was the idea yeah right yeah so it's farting it's sure gas. sure let's go with that <laughs> i mean Anyway, yeah, that that was a stupid. <laughs> so, so the one thing, and I, and I was talking to my wife about this this morning. The one thing that I really encourage other people to do, 
Um, and I know that uh, there's been a lot of people on podcasts and stuff like that over the last week encouraging people to do. If you are a uh, subscriber to TweetBot or to Twitterific or any of these apps that really got screwed over this last week, uh, don't just like cancel your your uh, subscriptions for sure, but don't ask for refunds. Um, because you're basically you you could bankrupt a couple of really good uh, third party um, developers, and uh, you know just show your support. And if you want to take it a step further, um, spend some money on one of their other apps. I and I'm I'm saying this as somebody I'm, I'm walking the walk. I I went ahead and paid for Ivory right away when it came out to help support the Tapbots team, and uh, and the Icon Factory came out with Wallaroo. Uh, which is a really cool wallpaper app that uh, they they have been one of the leading designers of uh, icons and different things like that. They they really really have a good design sense, and they've got their new wallpaper app called Wallaroo that is uh, is really neat. So I went ahead and did a year subscription on that to help these guys out, and I get some wallpapers to uh, to play with. So it's good. So. Um, those are gonna gonna be what I was delighted about today, but I'm gonna I'm gonna move something else, a new purchase of mine from this last week, into my delight delighting me section since it uh, it is starting to make more sense the way the uh, the show is going here. So, you have anything to say about that? I feel like I kind of kind of uh, stole that whole segment. Um, I guess my <clears throat> like I'm not on Mastodon. I haven't been on Twitter and literally like, I think I tweeted like maybe twice this past year just to like, see what it was like again. I was like, Oh yeah, I still don't like this. <laughs> I'm I'm back out. Like I dipped my toe back in the water probably like nine or 10 months ago. And I was like, mm. yeah, but before that it was probably a year or two. I mean like, so it's been years since I've been active on Twitter. Um, and I guess there's like, you know, Mastodon is different fundamentally because of the way it's structured. But my concern is that this is all just going to happen again with Mastodon. In the sense that it's not going to it's not going to stay like old Twitter. Like everyone's super excited about Mastodon now cuz it reminds them of old Twitter. But eventually it's not going to be that way. You know, and so I just my my thought is, and maybe it takes longer and maybe it never happens, but like we're getting nostalgic. A lot of, it's not just you, like every tech podcast I listen to is all about like, Oh, the nostalgia of, of old Twitter is alive and real again on Mastodon and it's different this time and it's going to be different. And, and I just don't know if that's the case. If Mastodon stays indie in the sense that like, it's not, uh, popular with the masses like Twitter became, then it's entirely possible that it stays that way. But it just feels like we're just starting from the beginning and playing the same story again, potentially. And I'd love to be wrong about it um, because I know that a lot of people built their careers off of old school Twitter, whether they're podcasters or YouTubers or, or whatever, or, you know, bloggers, Twitter played a fundamental role a lot of those people meeting each other, working together and building their careers. And so from that standpoint, you know, old, old school Twitter was a, you know, a, a win for a lot of people. And it would be neat to see that happen again for an, a new generation of people on Mastodon. But 
and I hope that's the case. I just I think we're we're running the same story on a different service. But again, I would love to be wrong. And if I'm not wrong, I hope that it takes 20 years to get there so that we can, you know, people can reap the benefits of what made old Twitter so uh what's the word? Awesome, maybe even. <laughs> I mean, because like <clears throat> legitimately it helped tons of people build their careers. And that's a positive thing, right? You know, and 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 after that, it helped even more people meet other people online that were interested in similar things. Like it it started out as a really positive place for people to be and then you know then the nazis and the celebrities showed up and it turned into a circus so i don't know i'm just th those are my thoughts i could be super wrong but you know i'm not on mastodon i'm probably not gonna be on it because i just i don't know that that style of like because like i don't have facebook on my phone i don't have twitter on my phone i don't have tiktok like the only social media app I have is Instagram and I'm even toying with only having my company account on there to share my wedding and event photos. Cause you know, I, I just, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I'm kind of over all of it to be honest. And if that makes me sound like a grumpy old man, then okay. I am. <laughs> no. And I, I think that Mastodon for me has just been, it's still an experiment. Um, time will tell where where Mastodon goes and and what happens with it. Um, I'm mm -hmm. I'm enjoying what what I'm uh, what I'm seeing so far. It's you know the the biggest problem with Mastodon is discoverability. You know about finding people to follow. Uh, one tool that's really nice is this move to Don. Um, that allows you to, what it does is it checks your Twitter account as mm -hmm. to who you followed on Twitter and, uh, tries to find them on Mastodon. And so, you know, I've got about, I don't know, 30 accounts or so from, from the 300 or so that I, that I followed on Twitter that have moved to Mastodon. So, um, there's a little bit of work that has to be done on the uh, on the person's part uh, that that moved to Mastodon. You do have to put your Mastodon uh, name uh, or your handle in your Twitter bio, so because that's how it finds them. Uh, but uh, but as long as you do that, you you should reap some followers out of that. And on top of that, you find the people that you want to follow. So it's been kind of cool. Cause out of like the 30 people that I follow, it's, it's, you know, Phil Schiller is in there, you know, he just joined Mastodon this last <laughs> week. So it was kind of, kind of interesting to see what he has to say, but, uh, but, and the conversations that he's having with some of the developers on Mastodon, um, that I wouldn't have expected from somebody at, at Apple. Now he's a fellow at Apple. So he's, you know, I don't know how much work he does day to day now, but, um, the fact that he, that he's in there talking about stuff and, you know, like he, he was in there talking with, um, I think it was Paul from Tapbots about ivory, uh, the other day, which I thought was really interesting. Like it literally somebody that, you know, is high up an Apple, um, 
talking to third-party developers in Mastodon, mm-hmm. which is interesting. So, but that isn't a lot of that, but a little bit of it. So, but yeah, still chuckling about Space Karen. Space Karen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, the, the talk show this last week, uh, or was it wasn't maybe it wasn't this last week's episode, but the, maybe the episode before that. Um, John Gruber had uh, Craig Chalkenberry on, the guy from I, the Icon Factory, to talk about uh, all this Twitter stuff. And mm-hmm. by the way, there there are two podcasts. Let me grab them real quick so that I can I can tell you if you want to know more or want to hear more good opinions about this stuff. Um, these are two episodes of podcasts. One of them is an ATP episode um, that I'm trying to remember which one it is. It wasn't the one from this last week. It was the one the week before um, when they talked about it. Let me double check and make sure it's all in here. Yeah. So it's their episode, Deconstructed iMac. Um and they're at the episode number of that is 518. They did a whole section in the middle of the, the show about uh, Twitter and all the stuff that was going on. And what makes that, that an interesting conversation is you get the emotional like reaction to it from Casey and Marco. And, and the, but then John comes in with the, with the dad perspective (laughs) and, and, uh, kind of like tries to balance out the, the conversation. And I thought did a really, it was really interesting to hear what he had to say about, uh, about the whole thing. So it was a good conversation about, about Twitter. Um, the other one is that interview with, uh, Craig Chalkenberry from, uh, the, from the talk show. And let me dig that up real quick. And so I can get you an episode number and a title. Um, show archived. It was slow moving hurricane with Craig, Craig Hockenberry. It says in here, I thought it was Chalkenberry, but I, mean, I could be wrong. Uh, that was the latest episode from January 19th, uh, episode 367. So, uh, highly recommend listening to both of those if you are interested in that subject. So, cool. All right. Well, should we talk about the next thing? Sure. All right. Uh, touchscreen Max. Mm. So there is a, a rumor out that Apple is working on uh, touchscreen Max. Now it hasn't really gone beyond that, uh, but uh, there's been a lot of really good conversation this last week about, you know, what does that mean? So, <laughs> um, so we know that uh, that years ago, uh. Apple was not really into doing anything in in the way of a touchscreen Mac because of the gorilla arms issue and, uh, you know, just the, the ergonomics of it. Uh, there is a great quote that I heard on connected this last week from, uh, from Steve jobs, who said, you know, we did a lot of testing on this and when it comes right down to it, it makes way more sense to have a touchscreen that's horizontal than to have something you have to touch that's vertical. And that's the the reason why they went all in on a on a trackpad instead of uh, doing some kind of touchscreen. And I think that that always made sense to me that argument. Um, but uh, what role would a touchscreen Mac play in uh, in the Mac ecosystem? Uh, making 
investors more money because <laughs> it's a new product market, right? So like there's like, and I could be wrong about this, right? But there just seems to me sometimes with these companies that just get so big, it's like they just start making new things just so they can grow for the sake of growing. And I get that like, that's what investors want to see because they want return on their investment. But like, do we need a touchscreen Mac? No, no, we don't. We have giant iPads, you know, like I, I, in, in Mac OS is not designed for anything finger sized. Like I'm just looking right now at what I have on my screen and the, you know, the traffic light close, minimize you know, full screen. I can hit all three of those with one finger. Yeah. So like, are they going to fundamentally redesign Mac OS for a touchscreen experience? Like even the menu bar icons, those are tiny. How am I going to open Fantastical with my finger? Like use my pinky, like I'm, you know, a fancy British person. So I, I just, I see, I see basic fundamental issues with it. Not to mention the ergonomics of, you know, at any time I've ever seen someone use uh, a surface touchscreen, it's never with the keyboard out. They flip it up the flat on the table and they treat it like an iPad. Correct. Mm -hmm. So you lose the keyboard at that point. You know, and if I want a touchscreen with a keyboard experience, I have my iPad with a little keyboard and it's not, you know, and even that I'd rather use the iPad on the table, especially like if I'm drawing, right, or doing anything like that. Um, the only time I'm using my iPad in its keyboard is when I'm typing. So I just, I don't know. I think, w will they do it? Probably. Uh do I want one? No. Um, I, I I am curious if they do it, how they're going to handle um the design of Mac OS. Like is everything just gonna get bigger? That'll look ugly. You know, so I I I I'm interested to see it from specific perspectives, but I also don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> if that makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. And I think that if there were a touchscreen Mac, I think that there's two two things that I would want from it. So what I don't want is a MacBook that has a touchscreen. Um, if it's just simply that, that, you know, what I want is a convertible, you know. So if you're going to create a uh, MacBook... Mac it's, it's got a book Sebring. Yeah. You've got to, you've <laughs> got to make a MacBook that I can lay this flat and use it like a tablet. Um, but there's gotta be something in the operating system that switches it to more of an iPad style interface. So now touch is your primary mode of interface. And when you're in laptop mode, you're back to a, a, a version of Mac OS that is Mac OS that's designed for a pointer. And if they could do that, and, and I don't know how you would do that to make it seamless and, and, and not make it clunky and hard to use, um, or just fraught with bugs. Um, but if they could find a way to do that really smoothly, I, I think I would be okay with that. 
The only other form factor I could see that would be really, really an interesting form factor is if they could make something like the Surface Studio work. You know, so Windows had the Surface Studio that was a large, like, draft Mm -hmm. table type thing. There's people that use those that love them. There's just Mm -hmm. not a lot of them. You know, we have one at the church that our pastor uses when he preaches to be able to have the text up on the up on the screen and he can actually mark up the text and everything as he's preaching through it. If you ever go through and watch our our uh, church services, um I get that on the live stream as well. So it's it's really interesting as he's as he's going through and preaching to be able to mark up the text and and make notes and you know things like that right on the screen. So so mm-hmm. in those in those cases, I can totally see a a group of people that would love something like a iMac Pro that folds down so that you can use the pencil on the screen and and make annotations and uh, different things like that. I think that would be mm-hmm. really cool. Would they make those two products? And would those two products sell enough to yeah. to uh, to make them a viable uh, business out of them? But the one thing that I didn't say in all of this is products that already exist having touchscreens. So no, uh, no, no Mac Mini with a touchscreen. Right, <laughs> the top, <laughs> the top of the Mini is just a touchscreen. It's just like Swear. two buttons right on the top. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, no. So I, I like the idea. I liked the innovation um aspect of it i think they could do some really cool things um i just you've got to ask if there's a market for it yeah i i honestly think if they did the imac pro style thing or the you know their version of the surface studio sort of deal i think that would sell a lot to like you know design studios and artists and 3d renderers and animate you know people that want to you know that they're offered using Wacom tablets or you know whatever sort of to to draw and and handle to be able to do that right on screen. Mm-hmm. I don't know, might be, you know, uh, a high selling point, but like I don't think it's going to sell to, you know, normal people. Well, would let's let's let me ask you, um, would you have would you buy something like that to be able to do photo touch touch ups and and be able to do more photo editing and stuff like that? You know, if you could use the Apple Pencil on there. Only only if my, uh, only if business picks up and it wasn't, you know, and I needed to drop a couple thousand dollars uh, for uh, business expense, right? Right. <laughs> to not have to pay taxes on that. Um, but no, because like right now I do all of my editing, in, or video, or sorry, photo editing in Lightroom Classic which is not available on the iPad that you have to have the creative, you know, but Lightroom classic has more thorough tools to be able to edit. And so I do all of my editing on my MacBook air, um, with the trackpad and I'm fine with that. Um, would it be nice to use the pencil? Yeah. Um, but I would imagine that if it was the, you know, whether it's an iMac Pro or, you know, a new iMac Studio or whatever, like, that's going to be really, really expensive. And if you're going to spend that much money, then you might as well make it, you know, extra RAM, extra hard drives, you know, SSD. Like, you're, you're probably looking at six grand 
easy, you know, and <clears throat> I didn't make six grand this last year with my photo business. My goal was five and I didn't hit that. I was short. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, you know, now would it be wonderful to make enough with my photo and video business to afford one of something like that? Yeah, but I probably wouldn't spend it on that. I'd probably spend it on a cinema camera. Yeah. To take video to the next level, you know? So it's, yeah, I don't know. W- would I go to the Apple store to play with it? 100% just because I want to see how they do it, right? right. You know, I want to see what the changes are and and all of that. But again, like I said earlier, I, it, I would like to see what changes they make to the operating system to account for the new style of interaction. Um, and is it touchscreen or is it Apple Pencil only? Like what's, is it is it like iPad where you can do both or is it literally you can only use the pencil? Like, because if it's a pencil, then you really don't have to change a whole lot because the pencil is such a smaller touch point. Mm-hmm. You might want to make things like 10% bigger just to make it, you don't have to be pixel perfect, but like, I don't know. It's all very interesting because I hadn't, I hadn't considered what you talked about and that opens up a whole new situation. Like, I don't know, words are failing me, but it's a totally different thing than making a MacBook Air with a touchscreen. You know, it's a fundamentally yeah. different thing. No, I don't, I don't think it's, if it, it's a gimmicky otherwise. Yeah. Um, and it's probably a little gimmicky anyway. Um, but, uh, but in my estimation, if they're going to make it work, it's got to go beyond a gimmick. It's got to go beyond something that just demos well. You know, it has to be useful for people to want it, especially if they're going to be paying the price for it because you know they're going to be paying for it. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Surface Studio, I think, is like two, three grand. So Yeah, so Apple's wouldn't even start below 3500 probably. Probably not. And then you gotta add two terabyte hard drive, and you know, mm-hmm. but sixteen gigs of RAM minimum, mm-hmm. probably even probably even more. But they, I mean, well, you would they would do the Pro and the Max chips, so you would get whatever the the, the unified whatever they call it now with built into those chips. So I guess, but you would have to bump up the hard drive for this the SSD. See, look at me using all the old terms, Mitch. Mm-hmm. It would get expensive. And I'm sure there'd be like an optional stand like there is for the studio display for an extra fifteen hundred. <laughs> well, I almost envision you've seen the Surface Studio where it has a computer in the bottom. If they mm-hmm. did that, would it be interesting to have uh basically what looks like an iMac with a with a big screen attached to it? I think that would look terrible, but it's probably more likely they would make it more I iMac uh like. And then the stand itself would fold fold it down into a draft table or drafting table style um, mm. uh, format. Yeah. Or is there anything in the rumors about when they think? Twenty twenty five. So it's oh. going to be a couple Man. of years. They're in development, is all they're saying. Well, all right, we'll just wait a couple of years and see how this shakes out. Because why not? So. Got me all excited, Mitch. Got me all worked up. That's my job. Makes, now I gotta, makes you fun. Now I gotta wait. It makes me fun. I'm it makes always you fun. fun. I'm you're, always fun. You're more fun when when you yeah. when you get worked up. 
Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> oh, I'll never forget the time my, my wife got done listening to one of our shows, and it was a show that you were really fired up on. She's like, man, you got to get Cam excited more often. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> So. I don't even remember what that one was about. I, I remember. But you were lit up about something. Was, oh, yeah, was, I was. It was probably something about me saying saying uh, iPad instead of the iPad or some garbage <laughs> like that. But. Uh, I, I, rem- yeah. I remember being like, oh, I was like, man, I was just a mile a minute. Yep. <laughs> but I don't remember what it was about. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Well, it's been a quick show so far. We've, we've burned through uh, two of the topics that we wanted to talk about. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we uh, go to what's delighting us today? Um, no, because I'm excited to tell you what I'm delighted about. Okay, cool. I think I'm excited about mine, too. So let's, uh, let's get into it. <laughs> what's exciting you today, Cam? Or what's delighting All right. You? It's... Uh... It's a silly thing, but it makes me happy, so I don't care. Uh, there is uh, there's a band called Our Last Night, and they're like a hard rock, heavy rock type of band, but they are mainly known for their covers, uh, of which they have an entire album called Disney Goes Heavy, and Mitch... It's wonderful. It's so much fun. <laughs> Cause like I have a six year old, so I know the lyrics to every Disney song ever. One from my childhood. And then now this new generation of movies, I have all of the songs memorized because we have music on quite a lot. Uh, and she, while she has discovered Taylor Swift, I sort of don't want to go down that road because she's six and there's, you know, content in there that is not appropriate for a six year old. Um, but anyways, so like they the the Disney album I'm pulling it up right now is so good. Like they and they don't even do like full songs sometimes. Like they just some of them are just like, you know, a minute long. They get like a verse and a chorus in, but like like Under the Sea from uh Little Mermaid, Let It Go from Frozen, I just can't wait to be king from The Lion King. Uh, there's Moana, there's uh, Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas. Uh, we don't talk about Bruno. It's actually, it hits so hard, Mitch. It's so good. <laughs> and I played it for my daughter, and she's like, I was like, do you do you not like it? She goes, no, I actually kind of do. She goes, I don't like when they scream, though. They scream too much. So can we skip the screamy songs? But other than that, yeah, it's kind of fun. It's, it's, it's. It's weird to hear them in a different way. <laughs> my six-year-old likes hard rock. Yes, she is my child. <laughs> um, then they have another album called Decades of Covers, and they do like Dancing Queen by ABBA, Landslide by Fleetwood and Mac, uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart, uh, Living La Vida Loca by Ricky Martin. <laughs> it's just, it's too much fun. Yeah. And I, I the first time I heard that album, I had their version of Dancing Queen literally on repeat in my head for two days straight. I could not get it out of my head because it's hysterical. Like these grown dudes screaming ABBA lyrics or screaming Pocahontas lyrics. Like, (laughs) oh, anyways. So it's, and they look so serious in their picture on. uh... Well, (laughs) (laughs) 
That's yeah, good. it's and they're actually like like musically uh-huh. super solid. Like they make the songs their own. Uh-huh. Like obviously the melody is the same and the underlying chords are the same, but their ability to make it sound like, oh, this song should have been a hard rock song from the beginning is really cool. And their ability to add, you know, really like like intricate guitar parts to certain things that just add a new aspect to the song or the classic, you know, syncopated, like just the syncopation super tight when they hit it. And they've got one guy that does singing and and screaming. And then the guitar player who sings the really high parts. Yeah. And like he hits notes. I'm like, bro, that's impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Now their voices sound very processed. So I don't know how good they would be live, but uh, it's just fun music. Cause it's like, and it's like the classic, like if you're my age, so I'm 36, I graduated high school in 04. And so that was like prime, like good Charlotte, simple plan. You know, those pop punk, Mm -hmm. like they're not, they're like the harder edge of that because like they'll scream and they, you know, do the double bass and sort of stuff, but like still that style of, of just like really catchy. Now looking back, all of that music was terrible. Uh, like I listened to, like I heard good Charlotte the other day and I was like, why did I like them? Oh, I was yeah. 16 and an idiot, you know, but um, yeah, we were all 16 and an idiot at one point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's just really fun music. And I find myself, it just makes me giggle. Cause I'm like they're they're singing a song from the Little Mermaid. <laughs> like what is going on? <laughs> so, anyways, that's what's delighting me because it's silly and a and I like it. Yeah, good, good. That's fun. You already talked about two of yours. What's your mystery third thing? I didn't know you were full of such delight this week. It's three whole things. So, oh, it's been a couple of weeks. So last week I got to church. And I opened up my MacBook, which we've talked about on the show before. My MacBook Pro is the battery was dying and and it was rough. And I got to church last Sunday and I opened up my MacBook Pro to, I got it plugged in and everything was good. And I opened it up and I got nothing but a black screen. And my heart sank a little bit. I was like, oh no. And after about 10 minutes, the screen came on. And I was able to log in and and use it and it worked just fine after that. And quite honestly, it does work just fine when it's working. Um, when it's- <laughs> but uh, but it, I looked at my wife and I'm like, it's time. I was like, I don't know exactly how we're going to afford it, but it's time. I have I've got to replace it. Uh, it's been good to me for six years. You know, I bought it as a refurb too, so it wasn't wasn't new when I bought it. So, um. So I told her it's it's time. So I've had my eyes on uh, a MacBook Air with with M2, the new MacBook Airs, and so I pulled the trigger. I got it on Tuesday, and uh, I've been uh, matter of fact, I was really surprised it turned around so fast. Um, it literally was like two days later I had it, um, but uh, but it's nice. <laughs> it's fast. I don't, I can w- use it off the battery, which, which should seem like, oh, duh, it's a laptop. But the, the old one, I couldn't, I had to have it plugged in all the time when I used it. And this one, I can take it off the battery and walk away and go use it somewhere. And I don't, I don't have for to be tethered hours. for hours. I think it's supposed to have 18 hours of, uh, up to 18 hours of battery life. Uh, and it's, 
it's good. I haven't seen it under 90% yet. Of course, I don't use it for long periods of time, but maybe for like an hour or so. So, and it's got the new MagSafe. So I have, I have a, a color matched MagSafe cable and I did get the, uh, did get the, uh, MacBook Air in midnight, which, you know, a lot of the folks have talked about it being a, uh, a fingerprint magnet and it, it is, <laughs> you can see fingerprints all over it, but, uh, but it's good. I like it a lot. And the biggest thing that I've been, for the first time ever, whenever I've gotten a new machine, I've always started from, fr from fresh and just mm -hmm. downloaded my software and I have all my files on, you know, Dropbox or iCloud. So it just imports those files and I started all from fresh. So I thought I'm going to try migration, the migration assistant for the first time. And it worked great. It took a while, you know, it was transferring a lot of stuff over the Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. So, but, uh, and I did try um, plugging in a cable, uh, USB cable, USB-C, and that didn't help. It actually slowed it down from what I could I could see, but it's not a Thunderbolt four cable, so you know if it was, it probably would have been faster. But, um, but yeah, the migration assistant worked really well. The only problem that I had was going from an Intel Mac to a Apple Silicon Mac. There mm -hmm. were a couple of apps that I had to delete and download the Apple Silicon version of them. So, um, so that was an issue because it would just come up and say, this app is corrupted. You need to delete it and redownload it. And when I did, I noticed, oh, there's a separate app for Apple Silicon. So, so I was able to, to do that. Um, it's obvious to me what apps are running in Rosetta 2. Uh, because like uh, Adobe Audition doesn't run natively on the machine. So it, it bounces like twice before it, um, before it loads up where everything else just boom it's there and uh you know it's it's good so the the native apps are definitely very responsive you click the you, you know. click the app and it's open uh i would say it almost feels like more of an ipad or iphone experience where it's just everything feels instant where uh on the intel max that feels a lot more like a computer if, if you can make that distinction that, you know, you know, you're going to wait a few seconds at least for something to open. And, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, if you've got a, even a really like my, my 5k iMac that I'm sitting in front of right now, it's going to bounce a few times before it opens, you know, where you go to the, the M2 MacBook air and it doesn't, it just opens right away. So it's, it's nice. I like it. Can I tell you what delighted it, if there was one thing that that delighted me just beyond anything else I'm a container person and I love apple boxes but every so often apple surprises me with a little delight the box that it shipped in I've got it right here and if you notice there is a strip that's ripped out from from the middle here so when the box came, it, you set it down in front of you and you rip this strip out and it opens like a book to, to reveal the, the, uh, the box on the inside. And as I opened, as I'm sitting there, I'm trying to figure out how to open it. I got my knife out and I'm thinking, well, you know, I see a piece of tape right here. Maybe I cut it right here. Well, it wouldn't let me cut it. It was just, it was like, well, this, there's no gap there to cut. And I'm. Like, what's going on? And all of a sudden I noticed there's a little arrow 
And I was like, oh, let me pull on this little arrow. And I started pulling on the arrow and it ripped it. And I'm like, okay. And all of a sudden, one of the sides came up just a little bit. And I started, and I looked over at my wife and I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is really genius. <laughs> and, and I folded it open and there's my, there's the, uh, the, I'm the uh, MacBook box. And of course the MacBook box is everything that you'd expect from it. It's really nice and, uh, nice to open and everything, but. I thought it was even their shipping box that was just brilliant. So. There wasn't there wasn't like when you opened it like a, a little speaker, the, the Tim Cook going, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> I would have loved that, but no, there wasn't. <laughs> the other thing that delighted me that really shouldn't delight me oh, so much. You know what? Oh, my gosh. Sorry, I'm going to cut you off. You know what they should do? Yeah. In those boxes is when you open them, it should be the Mac turning on. Bong sound. <laughs> yeah. That. Oh, Mitch. Apple, right. take that idea. Apple, Do take it. that idea. I will buy a new machine just to hear that. I'm going to return it right away, but I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be super cool. And Anyways. I got color match stickers. Oh. So they're they're presumably midnight stickers. They look black in this light, but if I look carefully, they may be just an off black. Like a real dark blue, but color match stick, Apple stickers came with it too, so that delighted me quite a bit too. So... I think this. I think I'm going to be really happy with machine. This machine. I haven't had a lot of use cases to beat on it yet this week, but um, but I think that uh, once I get a chance to do some audio work on it and stuff like that, the one thing that I'm still not sure is going to work is my uh, um, Nectar Three from Isotope. I was having some issues with that, and it was grayed out in uh, in Adobe Audition, and I was messing around a little bit and i'm not sure if it's going to work but uh but i can report back on that on the next on the next episode because i'll have an opportunity to use that over this weekend so we'll see so i know isotope has been a whole the fact that some of that stuff hasn't been fixed for the apple silicon at this point is a bit frustrating yeah, I, I know stuff takes time and I know they probably had to completely like refactor, but like it's been over a year. So I don't know. Like I get it. It takes time and they'll get it when they get it, but just it's a little frustrating that it's taken so long for some of that stuff, but maybe it's way more difficult than I'm aware of. Which is probably the case, but still. Yeah. I have a microphone and the internet, so I'm allowed to have an opinion. Exactly. <laughs> you have a key keyboard and a computer and an internet, so Oh boy. That gives <clears throat> you yeah. that gives you permission to have an opinion. Also gives people permission to not like your opinion. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that's the part that a lot of people forget. Yep. Just because you're allowed to have opinions doesn't mean that doesn't mean that people free from criticism. Doesn't mean that people are going to like it, and it doesn't mean that you're right. Yep. <laughs> so, but it's a free country, man. All right, we need to stop before I say something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, we are still pointing. Our website should still be pointing at the uh, fireside um, page. I'm thinking. So I will get you Let's the URL so you can get it pointed at the at the 
correct page that I created for inner dialogue on my site. Yes, I will do all the DNS things. Okay. Um, DNS. Sorry. Woo. Um, and that's only because you own the URL, so. But uh, we, you should be able to find us at innerdialogue.show. If uh, that is not working quite yet, um, you can uh, you can get to it also through my website, mitchcraig.online. And that is also where you can find me. <laughs> I, stay, I think I still have Twitter and Instagram up there, and I don't really look at either one of those. So, um, so disregard that. But uh, you can find me on Mastodon, uh, at Mitch Craig, at M-S-T-D-N. It's Mastodon without the vowels, dot social. This is not social. It makes it harder to say. I, sh I wish I would. Rolls, rolls right off the tongue. I tried to get on the mastodon.social uh, server and they had closed the server already. So um, so only elite people are on that. And for $6 a month, I could host my own Mastodon instance, but it only allows for two people to use it, or five people. It was five people. And then you, then the price goes up by the number of participants that you have on your server. All right. But, but yeah. So where can we find you, Cam? In your dreams. No. Uh, <laughs> Cambrennan.com. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, see, I told you we needed to end the show before I said something <laughs> stupid. Too late. And there you've done it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so... All right. Well, uh, we'll find us at uh, uh, innerdialogue.show, and we'll see y'all back here in a couple of weeks. And hopefully, our uh, our feed has been redirected by then, and you can get us on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find your uh, podcasts. So, all right, Cam. DoorDash. Remember DoorDash. DoorDash. DoorDash yep. The podcast. Absolutely. Cam, you have a great day. You as well, sir. All right. Bye now. <laughs>